Welcome to the unique Far Out Hour from the Main Academy of Modern Music in Portland with your hosts, Austin, Abbott, and Paulina. We are a group of local musicians that have a range of intellectual uniqueness who are all part of a program called Composition Studio, a leadership program of Creative Trails. Each episode will have a handful of interviews and original music by featured musicians of the month and by each of the interviewees. I mean, who doesn't want that, really? This episode is part one of our series on the Portland music scene. We sat down with local musician Monique Barrett to discuss her musical journey. Monique Barrett is a local singer-songwriter who we have worked with in the past through her longtime collaboration with Listen Up Music. Monique continues to inspire others in all circumstances through her voice and lyrics. She can be found performing in and around Portland or heard on her 2014 album, Steps. Hi, I'm Paulina. We're at the composition studio in Portland, AKA the main academy of modern music. And we're here with Monique. Hi, Monique. Say hi, you guys. Hi, Monique. Hello. Hi, hi everybody. <laughs> I'm Monique. <laughs> I'll get less awkward over time. It's okay. Um, <laughs> our episode is, our next episode is about the Portland music scene. So I figured you would be a good person to, start off our interview thank um, you for inviting me. you're a musician right Monique? i am a musician in the portland music scene and i'm really happy to be here nice to have was we're glad to have you yeah. all right let's start with the first question oh, um how long have you been performing uh, publicly, as a, as a solo musician, I started performing about 10 years ago, uh, playing guitar and singing and, and singing original music. Um, so I've been doing that about 10 years. And um, before that, I was playing other instruments. I played French horn when I was in high school. And wow, so I performed awesome. in a wind ensemble in cool. high school and middle school playing French horn. And I also was in my school's chorus. Uh, so I guess technically I was also performing in high school, but performing as Monique Barrett, the singer songwriter, it's been about a decade. That's cool. Do you still play French horn? I wish I still played French horn. I stopped playing uh, when I was 15. So the the, on, the wind ensemble that I was in, we we traveled to Austria and we played in an international music festival, oh. uh, which we won. We also won the Cup of wow, Vienna, awesome. which seemed like a really big deal at the time. <laughs> I guess it was kind of a big deal, but um, I always feel like I'm doing a like one time at band camp when I tell this story. Uh, but because I was so young and it was such an intense performance and we were rehearsing at six o'clock in the morning every day wow. and I got really, really burned out and I stopped playing French horn mm -hmm. after that. And, but that is when I learned that I could sing and, um, and started singing with the chorus. And so since I'm still singing now, I guess I can say that it, it's good that I dropped out of band. <laughs> Because it got me here. But I would love to play French horn. If anybody ever comes across one that I can borrow, that'd be swell. 
<laughs> we'll keep our eyes peeled. Thanks. All right. All right, second question. What do you enjoy about performing in the community? Oh boy, there's so much. This this community particularly is really supportive of music and art mm -hmm. and um, original music. I think for such a small city, we've got a ton of really, really talented musicians and, and also, um, you know, musicians, not just traditional musicians, but like all different kinds. And, and I think, you know, programs like this one where you're really pushing the boundaries of, of music and um, getting really creative with how you write and how you compose. Um, so I think that, what, what was the question? What I like about, yeah. about being part of this music scene or like performing here? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think that that would be it. The fact that it's just so embraced here and, you know, people, People really seem to to dig music in Portland, like of all kinds. I agree with that. So, and there's lots of opportunities um, for performing. You can go down to Commercial Street and just stand there and and play and sing, and people will pay attention to you and love it. Mm -hmm. Or you can find a place like you know One Longfellow Square that you know where I think we've all played at one point we have. Uh, and been in, you know, and be, that's one of the most beautiful venues in town. And they're so welcoming to, you know, to different people doing different things. So, uh, so yeah, that's, that's that answer. Yeah, right. <laughs> Abbott. Um, what has your experience been like being part of the Portland music scene? Well, that, um, I think I touched on it a little bit in my last answer. I have a feeling I'm going to do that a lot. <laughs> answer questions you haven't asked yet. Um, but what is what is my experience been? Can you repeat that, Abbott? What has your experience been like being part of the Portland music scene? It's been overwhelmingly positive. I, I think that, um, like I said, it's a really, not only is the community of Portland in general really supportive of music, like people who like to listen to music, but people who play music here, in my uh, in my experience, are just, they're very open, they're open to collaboration, they are supportive of one another. It's not, it's not competitive, really. It's not like, oh, I'm gonna, you know, battle it out with Sorcha to get our next, you know, singer-songwriter gig at Blue. It's, you know, hey, let's, let's play a show together at Blue. Um, and that, uh, you know, that's been, that's been a really great experience because it doesn't, I'm not a very competitive person. And I think when I think of music, I don't think of it in the sense of, um, you know, this is something that I particularly am doing necessarily to get attention or to get, you know, bigger and better opportunities all the time. I'm doing it because I love it and I, I love to create and I love to collaborate. Um, so yeah, so that's been, that's been a great part of my experience here is, is just being part of such a supportive community. Amen to that. I Amen. agree. Amen. Um, who inspires you? Oh man. Uh, <laughs> suddenly I'm from Minnesota. Um, <laughs> um, I, uh, lots of, lots of people, uh, lots of musicians um who inspires me i guess i would 
Um, and the songs that I listen, actually, that's an interesting question because I know I'm constantly um, surprised by what inspires me. Like sometimes I don't, I think, okay, well, I'll listen to some music that, um, you know, that's like my go-to stuff. Like I really love the band REM. So like mm -hmm. when I, when yeah, I want to okay. be inspired sometimes i'll listen to rem or i'll listen to i like like early um more gospely kind of aretha franklin stuff so you know i'll be inspired by that but then you know i'll be driving in my car and i'll have a you know oldies station on and a, a song by like bread or christopher cross or something will come on the radio and i'll be like <gasps> and all of a sudden i'll you know be really inspired to make music and and to sing and so um, so as far as musicians go, it's kind of always changing and always evolving. Um, but then in my personal life, I mean, I've got to say my kiddos, I have two kids who are, um, you know, just my whole world and they are both musical in their own ways too. Um, so they're always kind of coming up with little, little funny melodies and, um, my daughter now is getting into songwriting and writing lyrics and um wow, so that's it's good for her yeah it's really inspiring to see them and how different as musicians they are from each other and how different they are from me and how kind of being around music their whole life has manifested into you know what they what they personally want to do with it now so that they're they're i think number one inspiration person for me people for me there's two of them <laughs> all right here's the next question how do you use music in your everyday life I, uh it's it there's always if there's not music on like the radio in my everyday life there's always music running through my head so it's like there's like a constant soundtrack for everything um, and, uh, you know, to the point where like, I'll be at work sometimes, like, and I'll be whistling and humming or, you know, like making random sounds. And I don't even notice that I'm doing it until somebody walks by and they're like, Hey, that, you know, that sounds good. Or like, Hey, stop doing that. And I'm like, stop funny. doing what? Um, so, uh, so I think, you know, definitely as a sort of a soundtrack for, for what I'm doing, like when I'm, when I'm working. I like to listen to kind of more up-tempo stuff to keep me going and when I'm um, you know home like making dinner and relaxing it's more about kind of laid-back uh, chill chilled out music um, but I, I definitely like to listen to music and I and I definitely have it I, I used to joke that I that I thought that my fillings in my teeth were like picking up radio stations because I would get genres of music rolling in my head. I'd have like, you know, three like 90s alternative songs kind of roll through and be like, oh, cool. And then it would switch to, you know, I was going to say country, but I don't know that much country music, but it would switch to something completely different. And then I'd have those songs running through my head. And so the only thing that made any kind of sense to me was that I must be picking up radio channels. And, uh, because otherwise I'd have to admit that my brain is just a little odd. <laughs> but I'm okay with admitting that now. <laughs> That's how it works.
Right. It doesn't seem like a bad thing. No, not we're really, unless little, it's like songs that wack. I don't like that get stuck in there, which yeah. happens. We're all a little wacky at some point. Yeah. yeah. I guess that's why we're musicians, right? Like, yes. <laughs> that's just what makes us special. Right? Mm-hmm. And how. All right. Um, let's see. How do you come up with your music and lyrics? Um... That's a great question. Um, I normally what happens is some words will pop into my head in like in a melody. So, you know, and and it, and it typically will happen when I'm doing something like driving or like vacuuming or something where I, I don't have to um, where there's like a little space in my head. So like a little, a little bit of when like room in my head opens up, wait, I need to try to explain this better. <laughs> um, it's rarely intentional that I, that I make up songs or that song start. Like they'll just, they start as little, little glimmers of ideas and, and, and they come at those times, like where, um, I just have time to, to think and kind of space out. So, I almost feel like they're um, they're just kind of as soon as I make space for them in there, they're just kind of dropped in. Like I never really feel like I make them up. I feel like they come from somewhere else. Um, I have no idea where that is, but um, I lately it's been, it's interesting because the songs that I've written, you know, in the last. 15 years or so since I started writing music, that's typically how they've, how they've come about almost like I'd like caught them instead of, instead of, um, intentionally made them. Uh, and you know, and then occasionally like I'll write a song, like my, I have a song called Luca Love that I wrote for my nephew. And that was intentional because he lives down in Rhode Island and I wanted to make something that he could listen to and he could know, you know, that I'm thinking about him. And um, so, so that happens sometimes too, where I'll, I'll think up an idea for a song and I'll know the intention behind the song. Like, you know, Hmm. this, I, I, this is something that I want to be. And for that song, it's like, it's a little more up tempo. It's a little swingy. It's something that, you know, a three-year-old would hopefully hold a three-year-old's interest or, you know, he's like five now, but he was, he was littler when I made it for him. Um, so, you know, so that's the other way is, you know, is kind of come up with the idea, put the intention behind it. And, but I do feel like it's still, instead of sitting down at like a piano and finding a melody, I've never really done that before. Like I just kind of wait for it to come. A lot of composing happens in my head. That's the same with me Um, when I Come up with lyrics. I usually come up with the lyrics first and then have someone help me come up with a melody. Yeah, right. And that's... That's what I do. You know, the, the, what I really like about songwriting and, and about talking to people about songwriting is that there's so many different ways to do it. And, like, there's no, there's no one right way to, to write a song. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I think that I think that's a really cool thing because there's as many different kinds of ways to compose and different ways to write as there are you know, people and personalities and we all do things different. So. Um, but one thing also I wanted to say is that um, 
it's been really interesting. Just recently, I joined a band, uh, and the name of the band is The Heated, and so they do original music, but it's not, it's the first time I've been in a group that plays original music, really, that is not music that I've written. Uh, and their writing process is very different, where like the, the rhythm section comes up with mm. kind of the loops and the groove of mm. the music, and then they put some chords and structure over that, and then they'll, they'll come to me and they'll say, what do you hear as far as um, a melody and, uh, and words for this? Um, so that's a whole new experience of writing for me where I've got, you know, other musicians that I'm working with who are just saying, you know, here we've, we've already taken care of all these parts of the song. We would, we're just curious what your words and your melody would be on this. So, and I feel like the only other time I've done a little bit of that is probably here with you guys where yeah like, i know you like helped me with and, hymns that's one of the songs you're doing at the gig is hymns of love nice. dylan was having a hard time getting the chord progression because it's been such a long time since you've done it yeah <laughs> i seem to remember you had some problems with that chord progression too i, I for something that seems so simple it, yeah. <laughs> it's i mean i guess it's not quite as simple um, we have like a backing soundtrack now. <laughs> How did you feel the first time you performed? Oh, super nervous. Very, very nervous. Um, I'm thinking, I'm thinking specifically of the first time I gigged in Portland. Um, it was a it was at the Dogfish restaurant on Free Street. Oh, I, I've, I've been by there. And it was a, I was a featured performer at an open mic. And um, yeah, it was terrifying because I think it was the first time that I played my original music in public and that I played, like it was like advertised. Like at the time my name was Monique Bidwell because um, that was my name when I was married and you know so to like see my name there like featuring Monique Bidwell and it was a it was kind of surreal and it was kind of scary um, and I had been on stage before because I had done you know the other stuff that I mentioned like with band and I did sing one solo at a jazz concert in high school <laughs> so I had sung like into a microphone um, but it was a yeah it was pretty it's it was scary. It's still scary. I mean, I've been playing live for ten years now, and I still get completely free. It usually takes me a couple of songs to really get comfortable and warm up and feel like, oh yeah, I it's okay that I'm here and people actually want to hear this. Like there's this there's always this question of like, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? And uh, and then I I remember why. <laughs> I know how that feels. Yeah. When I first performed at one Longfellow, it was kind of the same thing. Yeah, it's Just intimidating. Like, yeah. <laughs> like my knees were shaking getting up on stage. I'm just like tensed up. Right. And even if you're confident, you know, even if, you know, there's, I, I think for me, um, the confidence with my music I have to get out of my head to really be truly confident with it. If I think too much about it, that's where those self, that self-doubt and that like, oh, you know, I should have practiced more. This could be better or this should be different comes. But when I let that go, when I let those thoughts go and I just let my, 
my kind of core and my soul and my body take over and be like, you got this, you, you got this, you're doing this, you know, for a reason. Um, that's where it feels a little bit easier, but it takes a little while for that to, for that to kind of punch my brain out of the way sometimes. I remember when I, when we, you performed at your CD release party and we all helped you out singing on Making It Better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was pretty cool. It helps. It's one of my favorite songs of yours, and Thank I also you. like Placeholder. Thank you. Oh, yeah, Placeholder. I need to record that one. I love that song. But when, yeah, when you all were on stage for Make It Better, that was like really, that, that was like so awesome. It was really special, and I definitely, there's so much joy, I think, in having people collaborate and having people you know with a song like that from for me um to have like my kids on stage with me and to have you guys on stage and a band and drummers yeah like, that was pretty it, cool yeah and it was it, it just it felt like so awesome and triumphant i think you know to um to be able to share that music with people in a way that felt that felt really special to me. So I'm glad to hear it was special for you too, because it was certainly very mm -hmm. special for me. What projects are you currently working on? Uh, I'm currently, I'm in really in the process of, of uh, getting back into music. I kind of fell away from it over the winter um, and then a bunch of opportunities popped up. So, like I said, I'm working as part of this band called The Heated, and that's that, cool. that's, that's super cool um, to be doing to be part of something that's not necessarily driven by me, um, and that I'm you know it's a group effort. So that feels really awesome. Uh, I also am playing as a duo with a good friend of mine. His name is Jeff Christmas, and he's also a singer-songwriter, um, has a beautiful voice, and plays a bunch of different instruments. So we are kind of working on putting together some sets. Like, we, we have a rule that we, for every cover that we do we have to have an original song too so you know so the goal is like half and half original music and covers and uh so we're working on that and we've played a couple times no, we haven't played out as a duo officially yet but you know sometimes when i'm playing he'll come and he'll play a few songs with me and and same thing like he's going to be playing um this friday at be good and i'm going to you know, hop up on stage and sing a few songs with him. So that's a fun thing because it's, it, I really love harmonies, like vocal harmonies. I just, I just melt, you know, with like the more harmony, the better. Um, and I've played solo for so long because it's been easier, like as a, you know, as a mom and as a, um, you know, I work a lot, so it can be really hard to schedule with other people. And so I've used that as my excuse for a long time to like, well, I'm just gonna play music by myself, but now I'm realizing how, how much more exciting it is to play with other people. So we're making it work, uh, slow and steady. That's kind of the, the motto is, you know, things don't happen quickly. But um, so you have the band and the duo, and then I'm glad you mentioned Placeholder, um, Paulina, because Placeholder is one of the songs I'm hoping to record soon. Because I do, I have, you know, I have a dozen or so songs that are 
I pretty much have complete and have arrangements for that I play live, but I've never recorded. So I've only you should re record. recorded you should do that. five of my songs on for my EP Steps, and that was years ago. Uh, so I think I'm 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 feeling inspired to record some of those songs that I play live and to arrange them and get some other musicians on them. So, so that's some, some projects I'm working on. And then I've got some other things in the works, like I'm playing at the library. I'm doing a children's show at the library on June 23rd. I'm going to play during story time, which is um, pretty fun. And uh, I also have been playing and I go into assisted living communities and nursing homes and I play music there as well and that's something that I really I really love to do too. I used to do that. I used to do something like that in high school. Yeah. It's it's really I really love um sharing music in that way where it, you know, becomes it's definitely a performance and it's definitely for entertainment, but it's also something beyond that, you know, like you, you can, I can see for people, particularly people who are living with dementia, which is, you know, that's usually um, the folks that I'll, that I'll work with and play with. You can see the way that some of those folks respond to music differently than they would respond if you're speaking to them or, um, and that's something that is that really fascinates me and um, mm -hmm. that I think is a is a really um, kind of magical and awesome thing. And yeah, you know, so I'm trying to find more opportunities to do things like that too. I kind of get where that's coming from because I've been trying for months now to start a charity. It's for my dog who passed away mm. from Lyme disease. Oh. It's called Coco's Cure. Mm -hmm. And the way it's going to be set up is if we can get the, the local shelter to back us, yeah. is uh, we're not going to do money for the charity. It's going to be dog food and dog beds oh, that we're going to give cool. to pets in shelters around Maine just to give like hope for pets and animals that they can find a home. Yeah. Well, that's such a great idea. That's and are you tying music into it somehow? Like is it is it something that you feel like you, would you like do shows to raise money for it? Cool. Yeah. Nice. I have like a whole concert set up and everything. That sounds so cool. That that's something that um Another thing I'm always thinking about as a musician, it's it's rare that, you know, I'll do like a show that doesn't have some benefit to some to something else. Like when I did the CD release, it didn't I didn't want to just do a show like a Monique Barrett show. It became a, a listen up and Hope Acts was the other um, group that I had invited um, where we had some folks, some young women um, who moved here from Burundi and they did like a, a special dance that night and um, part of the proceeds from the show were donated to Listen Up and were donated to Hope Acts. And so I think we're probably on the same wavelength there. Like when, when we think of music and we think of performing, it takes it bigger. It's bigger than just, you know, getting attention and getting paid and getting paid is nice you know <laughs> but and sometimes attention is nice and sometimes it's not um but 
there's so much there's so much more you can do with it too you know and so being able to kind of weave in um other things like that you know it's a great way to bring in a, a new audience too because people who you know might care really deeply about something you know like providing dog beds and and food for shelter pets are going to come in and they're going to hear your music they're you know new 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 yeah. listeners and and people who would hear that so um so that's a great that's a great idea well, i'm looking forward to learning more about that and seeing it as it unfolds why do you think musicians who come to Maine always want to perform in Portland? Hmm. Great question. I think, I think, I can't speak for musicians who are coming here, but I think it probably has something to do with what a great music town it is. And also because we have really, really great venues. Tourist here. attraction too. Yeah, there's a lot of tourists. There's a lot of great venues, um, great sound, you know, and, and different feels. So, you know, so you have a really cool place like One Longfellow Square, which is a listening room. You know, people go there to hear kind of, usually they go there to hear kind of softer, like more, um, you know, music that you really want to sit and listen to. Um, and then you've got a place like Portland House of Music and Events, which is more of like a big open dance floor. They have the big chandelier and it's, you know, it's a great party. But there's small enough venues that, you know, somebody, you know, maybe like somebody like me, well, you know, who has a smaller following can still come and approach them and say, I'd like to do a show here. It's not something where you have to have a manager and a big promoter. Um, and so I, so I think that, I think that's that's part of it is that there's so many opportunities here for musicians of all mm -hmm. of all different types and with all different followings you know that you could do anything from a house concert you know or an outdoor concert in a gazebo you know right up to a place like aura or you know the new the, uh, what used to be asylum or Port City Music Hall, you know, for or the state theater, you know, for bigger things. So, and and those places um, also support local musicians too. Like they're not just bringing in huge national acts. They're also inviting local people to open for them. And they're inviting local people who put together big shows like Beatles Night and, um, you know, the Stevie Wonder tribute that Kenya Hall does in, in um, you know, toward the end of the year. Like they, they have those shows in there too. And, um, and original, original music as well. People doing album releases and stuff. So did that answer your question? And then some? I <laughs> One question that wasn't on here. It's like a two-part question. Do you have vocal training, and how do you prepare for a show? Uh, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm amazed I haven't destroyed my voice yet because I don't prepare. Like I don't do things for my voice that I probably, probably should. should. I don't it's a good warm idea up. To do that. Um, I know. I know it is. That's what I, I do mean, when I, I still take voice lessons. I know lessons you're such a professional. Um, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't prepare. 
<laughs> and uh, I mean, I prepare in the sense of like, I, you know, I figure out what songs I'm going to play. I make a set list, but I, you know, I don't do vocal warm ups. You should um, try that. I, mean, I should. You'll have to you. show me some because I still You could just do like a basic major scale, like play it in a key on the, p like the one I do is in C and you just do like the do, re, mi, fa, so, la. So how would you do that? Like, like just sing like do, re, mi, fa, so, la, Yeah, like you, like you start off lower and then you get like. A little each time you do it, do you get a little bit higher. Latido, do like you sing the like whole thing like and that? then you keep going up until you like to the highest point in your yeah. voice. I can remember in high school chorus doing that like like that's a good one too. There's so many, there's so many. And then we make but uh yeah, yeah I don't a ton. do that. <laughs> so, and uh and i don't have i mean that's really the closest that i came to formal training was singing with a with a with the chorus but i haven't taken lessons or um you know really i don't know actually a lot very much about music theory too so so one of the challenges that i've found playing with other musicians especially musicians who are trained musicians you know who know theory and they kind of know the language of music is that i don't really know the language of music so i'll be like yeah that place where it you know it sounds different but i don't know what makes it sound different you know and where somebody else could say oh that's because there's a you know there's a key change there and it goes into this like i don't i don't really know that stuff uh, so it's something I, I'm always telling myself, you know, you can still learn this. It's not like, you know, that I can't learn new, I can learn new things, but, um, uh, yeah, it's, it is something that's, it's on my list of things to do is learn a little more theory. I actually wish that I could come to the composition program with you guys, because I think I'd learn so much here. Uh, yeah. All right. Time for the random questions. Random questions. All right, so here's the rules. <laughs> it's pretty exciting. Everyone in the rotation picks out from the bucket. Okay. All right, I'm going to do this with my eyes closed. <laughs> All right. What type of dragon would you be? Type of dragon? We asked, I'm, I'm clear water benders, like, we asked the Clearwater Benders this, and a lot of them are like Skyrim dragons, and I was like so happy because it's a video game with dragons in right, it. Right, right. See, I instantly went to like the Hungarian, like the the uh, Harry Potter dragons when oh, they yeah, do the those, thing in Harry Potter oh, where they have cool. to wrestle the dragons or, you know, wrangle them, wrangle, wrestle. I don't know the word I'm looking for. Um, but... I don't know. I mean, I would definitely be a dragon that flies. Do they all fly? <laughs> Most dragons do fly. Okay, yes. so that would be exciting. And I think if I could choose my color as a dragon, I would probably want to be like a, a rainbow dragon. <laughs> like I'd want to have cool. like scales that were like all different colors. Cool. And so when I like shifted, it'd be like a hologram and, and it would all the different colors would come out. That would be awesome. That would be like something for a Transformers movie. Yes! Yeah, or like a little kid's, <laughs> like a little kid's Disney movie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Somewhere in between Transformers and little kid's Disney movies. That's cool, though. That sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I guess I'll pick one out next. 
Oh, we're going reverse. Whoa. Just switch it up a bit, I guess. Yeah. Uh, okay. This is a two-part question. What would your wrestling name be, and what would your signature move be? That's fun. Oh, my wrestling name? I don't have a really good wrestling name. My bowling name used to be Harmonique because you can combine Harmony and Monique. Oh, and Harmonique. That's actually yeah. kind of cool. That's cool. It's not very intimidating. Though. No, it's <laughs> not at all. It just sounds lovely. Um, and wrestlers aren't necessarily lovely. Um, I don't well, know. What do you guys think? You're talking about the Divas. They're pretty lovely. Oh, yeah. you could you could be harmonique and your wrestling move could be like singing a song that would enchant your opponent oh so there we go, go they could hypnotize your opponent okay. with your voice see that i thought of funny. something more like like singing a note that would break glass and like their eyes would pop oh or that too that too that would be, that would be interesting too Going for the, but you know, but I could do either one. Like they would both be my moves, and they'd never know it was coming. Mm. So you know, they might think that I'm just gonna sing them to sleep, and then. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, that would be hilarious. You singing a note and the glass breaks. That would be funny. Yeah, I've actually known singers who have done that. Right, I think Mariah Carey did, and some other. Wow. Sang like a really high note, and it broke like a speaker glass. I don't remember. Wow. Yeah, it's it's possible. The sound is is pretty wild like that. Abbott, you got to pick a question. One okay. more. Oh, one more question. So make it a good one. Yeah, make it count, Abbott. <laughs> it's got to really roll. All up. right. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> what would be in your perf perfume? If you could make a perfume fragrance, what would you put it in? Oh, what a you signature fragrance. You know, I've actually thought about this before because it was a thing that all the fancy people were doing. These at celebrities one point. have their own perfume. They I know Taylor Swift has a bunch, and for some reason, do. I read an article about it. It must have been I was avoiding responsibility and like saw something on Facebook or something. But I remember reading an article about the process that. Maybe it was Taylor Swift or, you know, another person went through where they have to like sit there and smell all these things and samples and figure out how to blend them together. Um, I, I think, um, you know, right now I've just been kind of walking around like in a dream state because of all the lilacs. Like that's one of my favorite smells and it's only, um, Thank goodness I'm not like allergic to or like to pollen or anything this type of year because I can actually enjoy the smells of the flowers instead of being like, Ugh. um, but I think maybe it would have something to do with lilacs. And then um also I like the smell of sawdust. <laughs> interesting. Not many people do, but I that's so, interesting. So maybe like Sawdust, lilacs, and apple pie all blended together. Interesting, interesting <laughs> combination. Interesting would, combination. <laughs> it would just—I might be the only person who liked that smell, but that's, that's cool. That's what makes the signature, right? Yeah. What would you um, call it? Um, sly. No, let's say. Pilac? No. Pi oh, wait, well, <laughs> Pilac sawdust? No. 
I, I don't know. I have to, every day I have to think of that one. <laughs> I'll, I'll get back to you on that. Right. Going for another question? Or? I, th I think we're time to wrap things up. Yeah, yeah. it's 11.20, so I think... Thank our guest. Yes, thank yeah. you. Thank you, Monique, for coming. You're welcome. Thanks thank you for, for stopping by. Me. It's, it was a pleasure. Um, hopefully, I can come back soon and jam with you guys. Hopefully, in time. Uh, that was the ending. That's where we end. <laughs> the unique yeah, far out hour signing out.
views and opinions on this podcast do not represent the views or opinions of Creative Trails or its affiliates. Any misuse of this content without the written consent of the unique Far Out Hour is prohibited. Listen in next time for part two of our continuation with interviewing people from from the Portland music scene. Far out hour out.